Welcome to another episode of the Soul Circle Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back and being a part of this. I am your host, Jennifer Beltoff, and I am grateful for you. This podcast is all about sharing stories from the heart so that we know that we are never, ever alone. We are all in this together. And what I love most is that it's not only a podcast. There is also a corresponding community space where we gather and share with one another. You can learn more about it on my website, jenniferbeltoff.com, or click on the show notes below. I can't wait to meet you over there. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Today I wanted to talk about how we can make it through dragging ourselves through the mud. Have you done this? Have you ever totally just pulled yourself down, made yourself feel like you aren't good enough, and beat yourself up for no reason? Who here has done this? I am sure if we were sitting in a room, I would probably see all of your hands shooting up. Because as human beings, unfortunately, that's what we tend to do. We are our own worst critics. And I have been doing this to myself a lot lately and really bringing myself into a dark place that I don't need to be. And only I am the one bringing myself there. No one else is doing it to me. It's just me. And I realize that it has to stop, that nothing good is coming out of this, and that it's really time to shift the story and write a brand new script. And really, we're all the ones holding our own pen. You hold the pen to your story. You're the one who gets to write what's going to come next. Do you want it to be a tale of dragging yourself through the mud? Or do you want it to be something filled with joy and excitement and passion? For me, I really want it to be, you know, the second one. All the joy, all the passion, all the excitement. And so it's time. And we're going to do that today. We're going to flip the script and really embrace the beauty and radiance that you are. The negativity for me recently really started in two different ways. The first one was knowing that I was having an upcoming class that I had to teach at the library, which is super exciting, right? And a dream come true, something that I have always wanted to do. But like any of our dreams that are coming true, when they actually happen and they're coming to fruition, we get terrified because. What does it actually look like when it comes true? What part of the bargain do you now need to uphold because it's coming true? What work do you really now have to put in? Those are all the thoughts that were going through my head. Yes, this was a dream. But when it's just a dream in my head, it's beautiful and wonderful. And there's no hard work and there's no fear and nervousness. It's amazing. It's a dream, right? But now, when it's becoming a reality, there are those real things. There's that fear that no one is going to show up, that I'm going to be the only one in that room and feel so embarrassed because the library trusted me to host this class. 
And now I'm the only one in the room. Or what if people do show up and they absolutely hate what I'm doing? What if they just can't get into it? What if they walk out? What if they never come back? All of these things playing on a repeat in my head with also the storyline of you're not good enough to do this. You're not meant to do this. Who do you think you are? Oh, how many times have you said that to yourself? Who do you think you are to do this or that? Whatever it is, fill in the blank. That line just going over and over and pulling me down this rabbit hole of despair. Really making me feel like I'm not good enough. That I'm not able to do it. That I'm not the person the library should have asked. And all of those statements are not true. They're not. They're just that inner voice that's battling out with you. And why do we have it? Goodness, I wish I had the answer to that. I don't know why we have this inner voice, this inner dialect in our head that isn't just there like, you know, waving pom-poms and cheering us on. Wouldn't it be great if it was that? If it wasn't this negativity, but if it was someone saying, you got this, you can do this. You're a total rock star. Keep reaching for the stars. How different things would be if that was the inner voice. But that's not reality. (laughs) It's not. The inner voice is the one who wants to drag us down and force ourselves to build ourselves back up. And so I was sitting in the darkness for a long while, really agonizing and falling deeper and deeper. And I realized that this had to stop because I couldn't show up at the library feeling this way. If I did, it probably would be a failure because I wouldn't be in the right headspace. And I don't want to do that. I'm given this chance. I'm giving this opportunity. I want to go in with confidence. I want to go in embracing it and enjoying it and ready for it. And so I decided it was time to just silence that voice. And again, I mean, how do we really silence it? Pretty hard. It's not, you know, something that has like an on-off switch. If it did, it would be amazing because I'd always keep it off, but it doesn't. But a way for me to, you know, hush it down a little bit was stepping back and taking a moment to look and see all that I've done to get me to where I am today in regards to teaching. It has always been a dream of mine to teach. When I was younger, I thought it would be the traditional path of being in a school, maybe teaching kindergarten or first grade, thinking that was where life was going to take me. But life has a way, you know, of kind of twisting and turning and taking you down roads you didn't expect. And it turned out that that traditional way of me being in a school, that really wasn't my place. That wasn't where I was meant to be. And I learned that teachers are everywhere. Every single person you encounter in your life can become a teacher to you if you're open and willing to receive what they're offering. And this world that we're in is our classroom. 
And I didn't need to be in a physical classroom space to be a teacher. It could look so wildly different. It could actually look however I wanted to form it, which was truly exciting and amazing. And in the past, I have taught many different online writing classes. And most recently, over the past year, brought some of those classes onto Zoom and did art journaling and writing together and then co-taught alongside with Tara for Qigong. And it was amazing. Amazing to build this own classroom that looked the way I wanted it to look in a way. We were in a world where things were so very different and I was finding my way in it, but it was a blank canvas. It was an opportunity to experiment and to try new things. And oh, believe me, it was never perfect. So many times I stumbled, there were total flops, there were things that didn't work out. I remember in the beginning writing everything down that I wanted to say because I was nervous and I was like, well, what if I, what if I don't know what to say? What if my tongue becomes tied and all of a sudden I'm just sitting in silence? That will be horrible. And so I wrote it all, wrote it all down, every single last word so that I would feel comfortable when I turned on the camera and entered the virtual classroom. And then I started to get more comfortable in that space and that being. And uh, things didn't always work out. You know, I gave prompts that, you know, were a bit of a flop or topics that just weren't resonating. But you learn from it and you grow and you figure out how to navigate it better next time. You know, and that is all a part of the beauty of being in it and figuring it out along the way. But now that the world is opening back up and we're able to step away from the screen and actually be in front of one another, for me, it feels like a whole new ball game. It feels like I've been out of that loop for so long because it's been a year and a half. So what would I look like as a teacher if I was sitting face-to-face with you? What would I feel like to be doing that? And would I be able to do it was the question that was going on in my head. And this is the part where I had to stop and pause and not go down that rabbit hole of negativity, but give myself credit for the things I have accomplished, for the work I have put in, for the way I have persevered and come through and have failed and have put things out there and have had no one show up, but didn't give up, kept going. And we don't do that very often. We don't take that moment to celebrate the successes. We can remember all the times we failed, but we don't remember all the times we succeeded. We succeed and then we keep moving forward. We take another step because there's something else on the top of our to-do list that now needs to be done and we jump right to that one. But when we fail, we wallow in it. Our tears come, we're in that sadness, we're going through that grief and it becomes imprinted on our heart and it's right there to be tapped into again and again. We need to do that more often with our successes, imprinting those into our heart so that we can tap into them. 
in these times when we're scared or nervous and wanting to take a risk, so that it encourages us to do it, so that we can see it is possible and feasible. And so as I was preparing for the class at the library and all those nervous butterflies were inside of me, I was thinking about the times I taught and it went well. The words that I've heard from people who have said that writing has changed them and that they wouldn't have taken that opportunity to write had I not given them a space to do it in. And it's so hard to take the compliments. It's so hard to believe them. Am I the only one who has a little bit of a struggle with receiving compliments? Or I want to be quick to brush it off and pretend like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it was nothing. But really, really, we need to get better at that. We need to get better at receiving those compliments and knowing that they are a gift from someone who is trying to give you a gift. So take it. And don't just brush it away. Because if someone was going to give you a gift for your birthday, you wouldn't say, no, 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 I, I, I don't, uh, no, no, okay, it's okay. No, you would take it. It's your birthday. <laughs> it's the same like a compliment. Receive it gracefully. Absolutely receive it gracefully. And imprint all of those wonderful, amazing things on your heart. And so the nerves were there with the library class. As I was driving, still nervous, but getting a little more comfortable. You know, I knew what I was going to talk about. I knew what the prompts were going to be, but I didn't know who was going to be in the room. And that's something so different also from Zoom is I can see who's going to be there. And I could almost like mentally prepare like, okay, I know this person's energy. I know kind of what they're like. And it, it, was, it had a little bit more level of comfort to it. But not knowing who was going to be in the room was pretty intimidating and a little bit scary, but also exciting because it meant that there was the opportunity for me to meet new people and experience totally new things. And then there was also this opportunity to grow, to become a little bit more bigger than I was before expanding my voice and using it in ways. And that was exciting and scary, really, really scary. But I know and I have recognized that it is in those times of uncertainty. It's in those moments of feeling like you have no idea what's going to happen when you open that door. But that is where the growth happens. That is where the magic is. And it all unfolds in a way that you can never plan for. But you just have to trust and be in the moment and be present. And I did just that. And it was beautiful and wonderful. And the library was amazing. They put out little notebooks and pens for people. And the most adorable stickers. Oh, I just felt their love and support when I walked in that room. And that created the energy. Immediately, it created the energy of the class. Now, the second way that I have been really beating myself up over is in terms of the way that I look. And I don't know if you do this too, probably, maybe, but I look in the mirror and criticize. I look in the mirror and feel this 
list popping up of things that I need to change or things that I need to do to make myself look a different way. And here it's summertime. And this is the time where for me, it's all about joy. It's about sinking into play and being outside and being with friends and family and doing things. And I don't want to put myself in a situation where rather than being present and in the moment and enjoying it, I allow my insecurities to become that thief of joy and totally take me out of the moment. And I have done that before. I have been with a group of people and all I'm thinking about is, oh my God, I look terrible in my bathing suit. Oh, my thighs, my stomach, what? Oh, and just going down that rabbit hole. And it is the worst, the worst feeling because rather than enjoying the amazing people I'm with, I'm in my own head. I'm taking myself somewhere that I don't even need to be. And as I step into summer, I'm trying to really come up with tools and ways that I can stop that, that I can stop the negative feelings and just embrace it. Because no one else is sitting there and judging and looking at me the way I am. We are our biggest critics. We are the ones that take us down our own rabbit holes of despair. But we also need to be the ones to bring ourselves out. And I realize this and I recognize this. And I'm really trying to let myself know and truly know that it doesn't matter how I look like. It doesn't matter if there is some extra softness around my belly or that my nose sticks out way far. You know, it doesn't matter. What matters is, am I engaging with the people I'm with? Am I enjoying myself? Am I sharing? Am I putting myself out there? Am I really being fully present? That's what matters. That's absolutely what matters. And so I'm choosing to make a conscious effort to not allow this insecurity to take away that joy, to not allow this insecurity to pull me out of the present moment and enjoy the people that I'm with and enjoy whatever it is that I'm doing. Because we're all human. Every single person that's in front of you that you're interacting with, they have their own insecurities. They have their own struggles that they're facing. And you might not be able to see it. But what we can do is be compassionate. Be compassionate to ourselves. Be compassionate to the people around us. And know that the surface stuff, that's not what matters. What matters is the heart. What matters is the connection. What matters is the way that you show up. And that you do actually show up. Because there have also been times when I've been too scared and I might have said yes to a commitment. And then when the time comes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I can't go. Nope, not for me. And ditched on it. And then again, go down that rabbit hole of like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have chickened out, but I totally did. And it's okay. You know, I mean, it happened. 
And you can move forward from that. You can move forward from all the mistakes you've made. But it's recognizing that you're the one. You're the one holding the pen and writing the story. And you get to create a pretty damn epic story if you choose to. And if you choose to not allow the negative voices in your head to be the thing that's taking over, to be the one that's holding the pen and writing the script for you. I'm thinking a lot about this next chapter of my life as we're entering into sort of a new world after 2020. And what do I want it to look like? What do I want it to feel like? So how do we do it? How do we step through that rabbit hole that pulls us down, dragging ourselves through the mud? And how do we bring ourselves into the present moment without all that judgment that we layered on ourselves? Now, I wish this was the part of the podcast where I was telling you some magic secret formula and all of a sudden, you know, all of your worries would be gone. But I'm not. Unfortunately, I don't have the, the magic answer. But I do know that it comes from leaning into your truth. Leaning into really, truly who you are. But the only way that you can do that is by knowing who you are. Knowing the ground that you stand on, what you stand for who you really are at the core and what all of that means to you. And I will tell you, for me, that has been a lifelong journey. It is not something that I just woke up one day and was totally confident and knew who I was and where I was going. And also, it's still a journey because things do still shift and change and I grow and become. But knowing, you know, those certain things that are almost non-negotiables, things that have to, have to be around in my life, some of my non-negotiables are kindness, kindness to myself and to the people around me, knowing that it all starts with me. And if I don't show up and show myself kindness, there's no way. I'm going to be able to do that for everyone else. Another of my non-negotiables is just love. Putting love out in the world, putting love into my own heart and showing up with love and compassion. And so when I think about those non-negotiables and I'm going down that rabbit hole of despair, I need to remember, nope, this is not one of my things to just tear myself down. I'm here instead to build myself up. Because no one else is going to do it for me. I have to be the one to really, truly know my worth. I need to be the one to know what I'm deserving of, what I'm capable of, what I'm willing to take risks for, what I'm willing to go after, where my curiosities are. I need to know all that. Someone doesn't need to tell me. I need to be the one to know it in my heart and know what is true. And so you start there. You start with you. And in doing that, you can start to build that inner knowing that leads to your most beautiful, radiant, confident self 
that you shine in the world. And that's what people see and people savor and people adore. And it was hard. It was hard for me to start this journey knowing that I had to be the one to put in the work. You kind of want someone to wave that magic fairy wand and give you all the answers. Nope. Unfortunately, it does not happen that way. It does take the time. It takes the discovering. It takes choosing to feel good every day over choosing to just go down the negative rabbit hole and find yourself in a place that doesn't feel good, but you know what that feels like, so you're comfortable there. Rather than stay in, this, this, in the comfort, push yourself through the discomfort and see where it could take you. See what might be around the corner that you didn't even know was there. And for me, that journey really started after a hard breakup and I was on my own. And I didn't know who I was. I was beaten down a bit. I was feeling lost. And I turned inward. I turned to myself. I turned to so many different books. I became an explorer, an explorer of myself. And there's still so many things I'm learning about me and I'm still learning to have the confidence in my voice and to show up with that. And I know that I will forever be a learner of myself. And that's a gift, an absolute gift. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And so when we are going down those rabbit holes, when you're feeling like you can't claw your way out, Give yourself the gift of tuning in to you, celebrating the accomplishments you've made, celebrating what really makes you the radiant, amazing person that you are, and not allowing your insecurities to become your thief of joy, but sort of putting those insecurities in their place and letting them see there's so much more to you than them. There's so much more to you if you're willing to dive deep into it. Mm. What a topic, right? Because it's, it's a place that we all know and feel. It's a place where we all can say, oh, I've been there. I've done that. And we do it to ourselves. Why? <laughs> and we will. We will keep doing it. But each time we do it, if we can keep remembering that there is a way out of it, we don't have to stay in that mm, terrible feeling for too long. We can find our way to the top. We have the tools to do it. We have the strength inside of us and we can make it out. You can do it. And to also know you don't have to do it alone. You can chat with a friend. Come into the Soul Circle community and find your people. Know that we need one another because it's our people that also do help us out of it. Mm, I am so grateful that you are here and I want to share with you a writing prompt so you can dive into this a little bit more and unpack some of those feelings that you might be having, some of those insecurities, and to recognize that 
You're so much more than them. So much more than them. So today for your prompt to start really imprinting on your heart all the amazingness that you are so you can use that as a touchstone when you're feeling down. You're going to celebrate you. You're going to celebrate all that you have done, all that you have accomplished, the beautiful, radiant, epic ways that you shine a light in this world. And you're going to use the words, I have. I have. And go wild. Share every little thing. I have learned to ride a bike all on my own when I was young. I have shown up day after day. Whatever it is you have done, put it down. Celebrate it. Imprint it on your heart. And know that when you're feeling lost, you have this list that you can turn to, this writing that you can read. And you can see how amazing you are. Use it as a tool because it's there for you. And it's the truth. It is the absolute amazing truth. Mm. I cannot wait to hear about some of the things you have done. Once you have written it, come on by to Soul Circle and share so we can celebrate you and all your glorious. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. There will be another episode next Sunday, and I look forward to being with you then. Until then, have a wonderful week, and we'll talk soon. Bye.